Magnetize your eyes. One, two, lash. The original magnetic eyelash. Wait, your eyes aren't magnetic. One strip of lashes sits on top of your natural eyelash. A second strip goes underneath. Micro magnets connect them to each that other. That sounds heavy. The micro magnets are so light, it'll feel like you're not wearing anything at all. Really? Really. Try this game changing technology for yourself. Listeners can receive $10 off with the code LIFESTYLE just for tuning in. Hurry over to 12lash.com today. Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm late. The Shut up. You're here. And good thing because we've got lots of work. Employee of the Month with Katie Lazarus, the talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. So each week I try to bring you an episode and Yes, when I was robbed, I did not bring an episode that week. I did a double up with John Turturro and Martha Wainwright. So on occasion, there are times when you don't get an episode being robbed. That would be get robbed line and you won't get an episode. Um, but I'm excited to bring this one, which was recorded live at the Writers Guild. And it is with the one and only John Glazer, who's an exceptional comedian who's been around a long time. He's 117. I'm teasing. Um, but he has done everything from write for Conan to um, create his own shows on Adult Swim. And now he has one on True TV Um all about buying stuff. It's kind of exciting that you can just pitch your own show and be like, yeah, what do I really care about? In Glazer's case, he cares a lot about gear. He's a, a remarkable guy, and I'm really delighted to be able to bring you this episode. Enjoy. You grew up in Michigan where you had seen Grease, and that was like what made you excited about theater and stuff. Is that true? It was in high school, but yeah, I, I was real jock, went into high school, I even recall having the thought, like, I'm going to play sports, like, going into high school. And I did. I loved sports, and I played... Baseball? I played baseball, basketball, and soccer. Yeah. And... No gym, tennis? No, I never got into tennis. I could hit. I could volley, but I couldn't... Yeah. I still can't really serve. Yeah. I can't either. I got a good two-hand backhand. <laughs> I'm a lefty. I like, you know, it's real, like, little... But just in that itself, you can actually be really good because you can come on and people are going to be intimidated just by the fact that they don't know what's coming at them. Because I'm a lefty? Yeah. I just never got into it. Maybe I did like a JCC day camp that was like it was like tennis and sports. So yeah. The focus was tennis and then other stuff. And I just couldn't get a serve down. So I was like, forget it. I love this. But I liked I like to hit. I yeah. still like to volley. It's fun. It's amazing. how Because I knew you were a biker because I'll see you. I've seen you for so the first time I met you, you won't remember this, but a Rafifi, and um, when I used to perform stand-up, and I would see you biking everywhere. So I knew you were a, a cyclist, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize, like, how many sports you, like, do you do hockey and all the sports you show on your show on um, John Loves Gear on True TV? Like, are, are, are nice all plug. those sports you uh, play? Did you like that? I never, well, the hockey episode, if you saw the, if you saw the show, the hockey, hockey episode is, there's, it's all true. That is based in a true story of wanting to play hockey my mom reluctantly giving me lessons yeah fell down bumped my head wearing a helmet was okay but it freaked me out Good. and scared me and she didn't exactly encourage me to get back out no, there no i'm sure because she you know it's a violent sport 
but I learned how to play in my 30s or I learned how to skate in my 30s and joined an, an adult beginner's league. And it was the best. So much fun. But it's giant children going really slow. It's not hockey by any means. It's not yeah. the, the speed and the skill. It's really slow turns. Really, really fun. Um, you don't play on that team with like Mike Myers and... There's that Sunday scrimmage. Yeah. I was doing that. That's that's how I got into it. I yeah. was playing in this street hockey league. It was I just street, street teams, hockey. But it was called Blacktop Street Hockey. I used to play that as a kid. I wonder. I don't know if that league is still around. I think it is. Anyway, it was all street. Just no, it's not rollerblade, just street shoes. Yeah. It was a real kind of lot of artists and actors and musicians and comedians. And that's how I got into it. Patrick Borelli was playing. And he's oh, a pretty I good hockey that. player. I love that. And so he was he doing it. He has to with his name. I know. And from Boston. <laughs> But that was really fun, and a lot of those people also skated, and this guy, his name is Bob, and I always mess up his last name, so I won't try, but they were doing this, he'd started this Sunday scrimmage, and so I just, and then this guy, his name is Martin, who was in the hockey episode of my show, Martin Cheka, I think, and he's this Czech guy, and he's the greatest skater, hockey player I've ever met, you know, that's not a pro, and he teaches youth hockey, and I just... It was right when I quit Conan. It was that winter. And I just took a bunch of time off. So I yeah. had just free time that I committed to. And that winter, and I was very fortunate to get to do that. It was yeah. a real lu- total luxury. I, I totally know, but I took advantage of it, and I learned to skate. It's, a, it's awesome. So it's I just so said, hard. It's so hard. Well, learning to skate is hard, but I was doing it two, three times a week. I would go up to Lasker at the top of Central Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where turn the pools into the rinks. Yeah. And there's two rinks, open skating on one, private lessons on the other, or kids' practices. And I'd go in the middle of the week at like 11 in the morning. There's no one there. Yeah. And I would meet Martin, and I would do an hour private lesson, and then I'd have the ice to myself. And I'd stay there for another hour, sometimes two hours. I'd be there for three hours by myself with a stick and puck, just skating, skating, skating. So I kind of got up to speed on learning to skate relatively quickly yeah but you did it late in life which I like so much because yes. I think it's so much scarier to try I mean it is such a different feel like physically you can but be it's so the vulnerable greatest but then trying yeah. to play hockey that's so hard totally. hockey's so because I thought I'm kind of getting the hang of this you know I'm learning yeah. how to backward skate not that well but enough and I'm like I got it and then I try playing hockey and it's like holy shit super slow turns yes. yeah it's so hard Hockey it's so hard. And, and water polo are the, is the other one. Water polo is fascinating to watch. It seems like just crazy strength. <laughs> it's, it's like, Those guys are so strong. It's three different sports at once. It's incredible. <laughs> so bananas. I know. I, I rode crew in college, so I would like warm up that swimming. It not, But it's not the same kind of just finesse and grace. Well, of course not. But the stamina alone, the strength, and you're using your whole body and, you know, just... Oxford Blues, you know. Yes. You ever see that? That was that was that was oh, my man, life. What a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about that you and I share in common is no one knows when we're joking. <laughs> I think that's the that's the tie that bonds us. It's a tough one. Sometimes. Sometimes it can cause problems. Uh, for me it's a huge problem, definitely. It's a it's a straight lace off. Oh man. A sardonic off. Yeah. The acerbic wit sometimes is just a little much for people. Sure. Um, but so the reason I'm asking about, sp- about sports. About sports. Yeah, I played a lot of sports. And then just to get back to Greece, yeah. junior, junior year of high school, there was an all-school assembly, and it was the theater department's performance of Greece. Yeah. So the whole school, we had to go watch it. And I just thought, wow, that looks, that looks like a lot of fun. 
and I quit baseball that year to try out for a play, and I got it, and it was this one-act play, and it was really fun. That's awesome. And so every – I still did soccer in the fall, and then I would do theater in the winter my senior year and just did a few more plays and just got hooked and looked up comedy shows in college, and that became – Well, and didn't your mom, like, send – like, a, a let you go to some kind of, like, improv Olympic or Second City kind of show in high school? She got me tickets to see yeah. Second City Touring Company. That to me is so cool that you're that she even knew just because we're a totally different generation. And I know now mm. there's like this like almost a business approach of like I'm going to check off doing these classes, mm-hmm. like all of the things that it seems like you, you may have done. You, it doesn't seem like you necessarily were conscious of like this will this will lead to a career in showbiz. And now it feels like that's more of a trajectory. Does that make sense? I think it just depends on who you are and what you want to do. Because I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. That's what I mean. And my mom was always supportive of anything artistic and creative and encouraged anything. You know, I like just like scribbling on notepads and she'd buy me notepads. And I mean, I I would have all these notepads to make little flip books. I just made like little stick stick figure like jumping off a thing and falling into a, a pond. And that was it. But she just, I had all these notepads. Were they, was she artistic? Were your dad, were they artistic? A little bit. She was very, or funny she, or? Well, I mean, my dad was more of a character than my mom. She was very artistic. She liked to dance and she does, she does music and movement for children now that she she's does? done for the last couple decades. That. And my dad was, he played a lot of basketball. He was a pretty good basketball player, actually. And uh, um, very funny, real a lot of shtick. Yeah. Uh, my mom, not so much, but she always, they, they were both supportive of all the artistic stuff, you know. That's so nice. So. And did you have siblings also who who were, did you I have, have a siblings? younger sister. Okay. And is she also a ham? She is very funny. Also a lot of shtick. Doesn't do it professionally Yeah, but I just meant, even. I just meant like being around it. Not so much growing up, or at least not that I was aware of. I mean, now she, I mean, she just, you know, she's always just ham bone but yeah the reason I asked about sports in part was because I always think it's extremely important for young women to do sports and to do team sports specifically like Mm -hmm. the women I know who succeed in business um, do team sports and or did team sports and part of it is like getting comfortable with competition Mm -hmm. and seeing it and so I was just curious um, because like comedians are not necessarily known for their athletic prowess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I not was, all of them, no, not all of them. No, but a ton of them do actually play sports, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's well, sort of this cliche of like, I was a nerd and no one liked me, you know? Right. And it's possible to be a nerd or have nobody like you and still, you know, have good hand-eye coordination. Sure. I mean, listen, this league, I mean, granted it was a little more of a slacker lift, the, the street hockey league, I mean. Yeah. It was way more low-key and more for fun. It got a little more competitive towards the end. Yeah. Because people started bringing in ringers and friends. Wait, I mean, what does ringers mean? Someone like that's great. Someone Wait, like that's... Just on the purpose, just so that they knew they could, like, stack it so they could win. Yeah. Some people, like, I, I mean, our team was as guilty. We had, I mean, I was on a team with a lot of comedians, including Patrick. Yeah. And when this woman, do you know Alice Dubois? No, but I love, is she related to W.E.B.? I don't know. Okay. But she, I think she, at the time, was working at the New York Times, and I don't know what she, I, I don't know if she was a writer. Uh, I know she's listening, sorry. But uh, she played ice hockey at Harvard, and so she was playing, she was really amazing. And she would also play in these, you know, gym leagues on the weekends and met these two Czech guys and invited them on our team, and all of a sudden we had the best team in the league because we're in the slacker league with these two unbelievable 
international that's crazy. That's, so New- that's so New York, I feel like. That's, that's like... But more to the point, what you were saying, like, yeah. you can be a nerd and have hand-eye coordinate. Like, there was yeah. a lot of just people that weren't good athletes, but were pretty good at street hockey. And it was really, I mean, fun as hell. It was such a good time. Yeah. It, it became a little less so when it got more competitive like that, but it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, I don't know. With your kids, do you feel a need to, like have them do sports or do you feel like I better be encouraging the way my mom was with me with arts and stuff like that? I don't necessarily want to push anything on yeah. them. It's really hard because I loved sports as a kid. My son really is way into sports. Um, and I think it's great to play team sports yeah. and individual sports also, but I loved team sports and they just had, they just won the Super Bowl, quote unquote, the Super Bowl of their league. And it was the best experience because be so they had, and when he said he wanted to play football, Which flag football, okay, we would never let him play tackle. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of listeners would go fuck, you, or maybe your listeners don't give a shit about football. But yeah, I don't think I would let him play tackle. It just seems too brutal. And I know you can get hurt in any sport, but anyway, I know. But there's statistics about football. The, like, just seems brain just, just really brutal. Look, I'm sure that's how my <laughs> my mom thought about hockey, and I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah. I mean, hockey is so violent, but God, it's the best. So now that you're doing this show that's that's called, you know, John Loves Gear, and even though there's actually a story, there are storylines involved in it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not really a gear show, and that's in that sense of like you're not selling gear or advertising gear. But I did want to find out about the promotional tie-ins because that sounds so fun. Do you just do you get to keep the merchandise that you use in the show? No, not everything. A lot of stuff we used and returned. Some stuff we kept. We try to be pretty open and honest with people about, you know, if you want to send us stuff, that'd be great. If yeah. not, that's totally fine. We may or may not use it. We tried to use stuff if we could, but we made it clear it wasn't about promoting brands. Yeah. And we what also about- tried to make it all positive. It wasn't, you know, it's not a gear review show where we're like, this one's great and this one sucks. I and wish it was there more reviews, actually. It would be helpful. Why is that? Well, because then I know whether to go out and get something. Um. I just, I'm just saying there could be a starring system a lot at the of, end. <laughs> a lot of people, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be more of that kind of a show. Like, where's I the did. gear review? Yeah. Like, and then I was like, this is funny. The, and the there's like, is. there's like actual, you know, depth to this. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I like, but the bike, like you got a, a bike made for you. I did get a bike. I basically got I mean, a custom made frame, uh, which is, I, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. It's I mean, insane. Yeah, that's probably the number one thing that I that I got. Well, and um, helmets, father son helmets. Father son helmets. Oh, the hockey helmet. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, that one was just for the kid. That's a kid size helmet, and that would just be for show. But the bike was amazing. The bike was yeah, that made me. I didn't get a really hockey jealous. helmet. I kinda, I'm not really playing hockey anymore, but I wish I'd gotten a new helmet because I hate my old one. It's so big and bulky. Is that then, how you come up with the premises? Are you like, God, I need a new helmet. Let's do a show <laughs> on hockey. Not really, but we just went up, you know, a huge list of episodes and picked what sounded fun for a first season. And then just, I mean, I, that I'm sure people don't believe me. It's like just no. I yeah, don't. what do I need? I need a bike. Here's a bike episode. I would be getting my apartment done. Yeah, totally. It would be completely based on like, like today I had to take my dog to the vet and it was like $220 to find out that she'd lost three ounces and that what I thought was a tumor is totally fine. So I would just be like, well, we need to go to the vet in this episode, like (laughs) based on that. 
I mean, there was a small bounty of goodies at the end. It's unavoidable, I guess, if you're doing this kind of show. But I try. I didn't want to take advantage. I mean, of unavoidable. It seems like one of the greatest perks. Well, sure, of it. I know. That's every time I told people the name of the show or what the show was, they, they would joke that, like, yeah. you're gonna get a lot of free shit. Yeah. I guess, but it, I didn't get a ton. But I didn't want it to be about that. That just made me uncomfortable. Well, but it is. But part it's of just the a show, natural John. byproduct of doing a show about <laughs> gear. Um, so you got a fair amount of gear, and you, and you try to be um, a little bit ecumenical. Nice well, I will give you my address for stuff you don't want necessarily. Okay. Fair enough. We tried uh, to spread it around to the, some of the crew, but we're also saving a lot of it in case there's another season, which hopefully there is. Hopefully there will be. When do you find out? I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe in the new year. You, in college, you majored in communications. What does that mean? What is it? It was very vague. It was a generic degree. I, yeah. I didn't want to have a. Th- I knew that I wanted to pursue comedy i just did not want to do a theater degree i yeah. did theater classes and some acting classes and movement classes and folk voice classes and i loved all of them um i just didn't want to i wanted to have a more practical degree to fall back on just in case and communications felt like maybe i'll be a sportscaster you know i had yeah. no idea and that seemed like the closest degree i mean it just seems like such a waste but it wasn't um but that was the degree it was pretty vague and then, so when did you start at Second City? 91. 91, okay. When I moved to Chicago in October of 91. It's so cool. When I was still in college and trying to figure out what to do, yeah. I called the theater and just asked if they ever auditioned. Do they ever, ever hold auditions? Not for the main stage, they said, but for touring company. And so they happened to have an audition in February, which was a right around the halfway point of my senior year of college. So I just, you know, took got a roll of film this is pre-digital cameras and pre-internet a very old man and just you know took a roll of film uh one of my roommates took a bunch of photos of me we took all the lamps in our apartment i love this and (laughs) took them into the corner for light i actually held one so if you look at my first headshot you can see that my you can tell it's not obvious because the photos cropped at my shoulder yeah but you can tell if you really look that I'm holding one of the lights on my face. And so just did like a roll of headshots unprofessionally, had them developed, picked one that looked okay. I'm sure I got it in a box somewhere. We got to find it. And then just typed up a resume. It was like three things from college. And I just, I gave each one bullet points to make it a longer resume. This is at Michigan. This is at Michigan. And um, went to Chicago that weekend in February. Didn't know what I had never really done improv or taken classes. Just went in and did this audition. And it was really nerve wracking. There's a lot of, you know, cool looking improv theater people in the lobby of Second City waiting to go in. And I just felt like, God, there's all these seasoned actors, improvisers, comedy people who've been living in Chicago. And here's me. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm tucking my shirt and my jeans. And going into this audition, and there's, you know, probably 10 to 12 people in the audience. And I assumed it was directors and producers and whoever. Um, Scary. Yeah, it was really nerve-wracking. That's like, really? Especially because it's like you have no window into that world until you're there. Very intimidating and very strange. Excuse me. Um, Did the audition, which was a bunch of improv games and scenes with people I don't know. Went from the theater back to the lobby to get my duffel bag. I'd stayed with a friend for the weekend. Oh, my God. Um, 
And I'm just going from there to the train back to Ann Arbor. It was like a four and a half hour train ride from wow. Ann Arbor to Chicago. And you were 18, basically. No, no. I was probably 22. Oh, okay. Because I had taken a year off of college to travel with this comedy group that I'd done in school. Oh. And a lot of these guys were seniors, and I they graduated and did it, and I took a year off. So I had done, like, a stench, basically had done a touring company already with friends, and we put together our own tour. That's incredible. So you really started in comedy, it sounds like, in college then? Yes. There was a sketch show in college. Um that I did for probably three of the four years I was there. I'm just so impressed because, like, now, again, it's the norm. No, I don't want to say the norm, but it's, it's quite typical. You know, improv mm-hmm. is, like, so popularized. And, and that that wasn't necessarily – because you're no, 107. Was, I mean, it's really incredible they had those back then. It was sketch. You're it was around no, my age. I know. It was, it was, there was no improv. Like, people started doing improv right when I was graduating. But this was all sketch comedy. And but it was a show that had been happening before I was there. Yeah, it's called Comedy Company at University of Michigan. I don't know if it's if they're still doing it or not. Um, and then we just took it on the road for a year. And like it was, you know, again pre-internet, so we had to go to the. I think we went to a bookstore, bought like a big book of financial aid, and then just would call schools. Yes, it's financial aid department. What's your entertainment division? What's the number? I don't know. Try this number. Here's the student union. So sometimes it would take three, four, or five phone calls to find the right person. I know, so but it's many so savvy. Calls. And we had two guys that were the producers that did all that stuff. And so we put together like a school year's worth of shows. Now that might mean three shows a month, one month, ten shows another month. Rented a van, drove all across the country, got awesome. to the Northwest, down. I mean, we got kind of all over some really big, you know, like played Notre Dame, and then we played teeny schools like South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. So it really ran the gamut of schools and sizes, and it was a really amazing experience. And I would recommend anyone take a year off of school or yeah. graduate and take a year off and go do whatever before you get a job. Well, and also on the road is the only <clears> place you really get to learn, I think, because you have so much stage time if you get to do you know, the evening entertainment mm-hmm. for a school. Well, it was a lot of just being on the road in a van with – 10 people. It smells it so good. Really, the, the smell is like, I can feel it right now. Yeah. It was really fun. It was a really great year and a great experience. And, but I, that was, I took my, I took a year off to do that. So I went back to school after that, <clears throat> excuse me, to finish school. Did a couple more of those comedy shows. And it was halfway of that year that I did this audition at Second City. So I had, okay. I had done comedy shows. And done a lot of stuff, but not improv. Okay. And it was still intimidating to a certain degree. And so after that audition, I'm in the lobby getting my stuff ready to go back to the train station. And this woman comes out of the theater and says, you know, she's like, can I talk in my office for a minute? And I have to do her voice when I do her. So I don't know who this person is, but I know she was inside watching us audition. So I feel like this is somebody from the theater. Yeah. Takes me in her office. Couldn't have been nicer, really disarming, just really I put me at ease right away. She's like, you're really funny. You need training. You know, stay in school, finish school. Don't break your mom's heart. You know, does she want you to be a doctor, a lawyer? Are you you're from the suburbs? You know, a Jewish doctor? You know, she's making all these jokes. Yeah. Super sweet lady. Um, you know, she said, you know, you have stay in school and finish school, but here's my card. Call can you when just you graduate. Do your, can you do your female voice? Well, it's just it's her. It's not, this isn't just a generic lady voice. I feel like I'm doing her. If you probably ask her name, it's Joyce Sloan. I don't know if you've heard of this woman. No. Legendary Second City producer. She's awesome. no longer alive, unfortunately. 
But I'm sure if you talk to anybody from Second City that worked with her, they yeah. would kind of, ju- no, don't do it like that. You have to do your Joyce when you're doing your Joyce stories. I love the Joyces of the world because I feel like they're, that's like how people move towards something they want to do. Like That changed my life. No question about it. That's huge. like a I still have the card. I'm going to start crying because I can't tell the story without getting emotional because it's like changed my life. I mean, I have that card that like solidified. I'm like, I'm moving to Chicago because I didn't know that audition could have gone terribly. It could have gone so poorly and I would have been like, maybe I'll do this. I don't know. Yeah. And gotten scared. You could have gotten scared and said, like, I'm not going to try it. Could have been anything. I could. It could have been like that was she could have not come out and I still could have moved there. But listen, that's what happened. I know. But you, those pe- like they're so rare. It is so rare. She's a, she was a really incredible lady. Super just supportive, positive person. Very encouraging. Like you hear all these incredible stories about her from way back in the day of, you know, like here, go stay in my apartment. You know, like just helping people out. And she was a one of a kind person and really an incredible person in the community of Chicago. Just a real one of a kind and you know changed a lot of people's lives and so that was just an incredible moment for me because that sealed the deal of like I move in there I'm just going to take these classes and see what happens and I even when I moved there you know I have the card I got this apartment I'm doing my classes I found some job and I'd go home and I'm like looking at the card and she didn't really mean to call her did she like she was just being nice and I thought it took me like two months but I finally just went fuck it, I'm just going to call, see what happens. And I call the theater, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm just, you know, so someone picks up the phone, Second City, hi, is Joyce Sloan there? <clears throat> Who's calling? John Glazer, hold, please. So I'm on hold, and I'm like, oh, God, what, is, what am I doing? And I'm expecting either that person who picked up the phone, uh, yeah, can I take a message? Yeah. Or Joyce to pick up, who is this? Yeah, not remember And instead you. it was like, hi, John, how are you? Like, totally yeah. remembered me. Or if she didn't, made it seem like she did. Yeah. But I think she did. And I was just thrown off. I'm like, oh, uh, hi, yeah. So, you, you, you know, I don't, I don't know if you remember me. Yeah, I remember you from your audition. And you know, it's just super nice. And I just said, yeah, you know, I, you said, call me, when you gra- call me when you graduate. And I, I graduated and I moved here and I'm doing the classes. And I just thought I'd call you. And she said, well, that's great. Well, good luck with the classes. And take care that was it like it wasn't it wasn't oh great let's meet for lunch but it's just but just the fact that she not sorry to cut you off but she just that's it didn't need to be anything other than right that's exactly right it's like it was so cool you just realize how few people do their job to that level because that's all it is is like just being a good human at your job and that's what she was doing like Oh, here's someone who could be good at this. Let's. You oh know, yeah, just a him. decent, decent, decent person. Yeah. It was really devastating when she passed away. Um, anyway, yeah. So I think I auditioned three times before I got hired. Maybe it was four. So I'd been there for about a year and a half. Got yeah. hired for a touring company. Did that for about a year and a half. And that was with Scott Adsett and Rachel Dratch, or no? No, Dratch was in my touring company. Okay. Adsett was already there ahead okay. of me, and he was doing what's called the ETC. There's two stages there. They had three at the time, one in the suburbs. That one's gone now. But Adsit was doing the ETC stage, which is a smaller stage next door to the main stage. And they can do maybe a little more experimental stuff there. But that's where he was, and I ended up understudying him, which was really cool to do. And so I'd go watch the shows just to watch. You know, when you're hired at the touring company, they encourage you to go watch the shows, go watch the improv sets. And it's just 
you get to go for free to the theater and just hang yeah. out. I mean, it was really cool. And Amy Sedaris was there at the time, and Paul Danello, and Stephen Colbert, and Stephen Carell. And I just loved going and watching Amy Sedaris every night. Just she's. I can't even imagine. Oh, it was just the best. I can't I even just, imagine how fun that was. It was the greatest. And even, oh, listen, all those guys were great. So, okay, so what was your first writing show? Was the Dana Carvey show? That was mm-hmm. the first writing job ever? Yeah. That's incredible. So did you make a packet? Like, how did you get hired for that? I had auditioned for SNL that year. Okay. And auditioned for the Dana Carvey show as an actor. Didn't get hired, <clears throat> but Robert Smigel who was executive producing Dana Carvey show and had access to all the SNL tapes that didn't people didn't get hired. And he had seen my SNL audition and he really liked it. And he knew the director of my second city show, yeah. Tom Giannis, and just told him I like this guy's liked his audition. Tell him to do the same stuff for his Dana Carvey show audition. And it was just really encouraging. Another great guy that means a lot to a lot of people. It's my goal. And he's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, just one He's of been the on this show. funniest, smartest, yeah. greatest guys you'll meet. Um, and so they like For my people audition. who don't know him, he also does Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Yes, he is a... And the TV Funhouse animated videos. Yeah. Original head writer at Conan. And he wore bike shorts in <laughs> um, Judd Apatow's... Which one was it? Not This Is 40. It's one of them. Yeah, This Is 40. I don't know. Just, I wanted to do a call back to Bike Shorts because you and I talked about it. Oh, that's nice. I'm so glad you went out and supported him after he supported you for yeah. those years. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he, they liked my tape and they, uh, they said, we're not going to hire you, but would you, su- would you submit as a writer? And I was like, sure. That just felt like something I couldn't pass up, even though I wasn't thinking about writing. So, yeah. That's awesome. Long story short, I got hired. So let's talk about teeny hands, because I feel like a lot of people associate them with Trump now, but actually he wasn't the first. How did you come up with teeny, tiny hands? Tiny hands. I call it tiny hands, not teeny hands. It's, it's, you know, it's all right. It's your choice. The tiny hands thing was I was I just had this. Uh, I did have this pair of baby doll hands that had been cut off at the wrist. And the reason I had them. I did this thing years ago. I when I was living in LA, I was that before or after New York? After. Okay. I lived in New York for a year. Dana Carvey show got canceled after yeah. a season. I moved here in January, moved to LA that December. Wow. And while I was living there, there was this bar called the Formosa, which I think is still there. Yeah, it and is. They have all these old headshots. And there was I think it was a WC Fields headshot and just it just looked like it had this little teeny hand <laughs> under the chin, which this I thought was like really the funny. Most obnoxious interpretation of WC Fields. That well, it was a headshot, and it just looked, and it might not have been WC Fields. In any case, it just looked like this really odd tiny. It hand. was Gandhi, and I just, <laughs> I just noticed that like one of his fingers was shorter. It was alarmingly short, and Listen, that inspired me. It was, a, it was me. a tiny hand, and it looked fake, and I thought, I, I thought maybe this headshot photographer has these plaster hands on a stick like instead of with in, in, instead of like an umbrella case where you can put your wet, wet umbrellas I imagined these little sticks with plaster hands on the end and you can just kind of hold it under your chin to do your headshot that way you could, wouldn't have to use your actual hand so I imagine these people in these old headshots holding a stick with a plaster hand on the end placing it under the chin to rest their chin on the hand and take the photo 
And so that year I went as a headshot photographer and I bought a baby doll, cut the hands off at the wrists, Oof. put a little doll rod inside the hand. And so then had a Polaroid. And so for that Halloween, people would hold the hand under their chin and I'd take a photo of them. So I just Amazing. kept those hands because I thought it was funny. So and it was at when Eugene and Bobby Tisdale were doing Rafifi. Yeah. Invite them up. Doing invite them up. And so they, I think, called me last minute and said, hey, can you, someone dropped out, can you come by? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And I, I was literally just sitting at my desk in my apartment, and I'm just trying to think of something to do, something, and those doll hands were sitting on my desk, and I just grabbed them, and I said, I'll just think of something between here and the bar. And by the way, this isn't sour grapes. This, <laughs> Kristen Wiig didn't lose. It had been done. No, I, I, so I didn't know if you had sort of written that for her or something. No. Okay. Because you had already done that on Conan. I never did it on Conan. Oh, you Conan. didn't do it? Okay. No. I guess I, I just I came up with that it. after Conan. Okay. So after you had been writing and performing on Conan. Yeah. Okay. But it was something that I had done. I've actually never talked about this, and I've always kind of wanted to, so I guess this is a good time. Okay. So let, let's just go back for a second. So like you write for Dana Carvey, then you go to L.A., mm-hmm. then you came back to New York. I came back to New York. I was only in New York for about a year and a half, yeah. not even, and then I got the Conan job. Yeah. So I came back for that, and I was there for about five years. Yeah, and this is at the- Five years almost to the day. This is, how long has Conan been on the air? I think since 93. Okay, okay. So Andy Blitz was there as well? Blitz came after me. Okay. But Stack was there, McCann. Brian Stack. Brian now Stack, Brian yeah. McCann. All these great guys. Um, she Guys is Mike the key Sweeney. word here, Mike Sweeney. Yeah. Jonathan Groff was the original head writer, or was the head writer when I was there. And now he, now he, he was in Hamilton, wasn't he? No, no, no. That's the actor. <laughs> I get it. Funny. I know. I was being cheeky. I know. I know. Um, I figured it out. But okay, so when when was Teeny Hands? I want to figure this out. Tiny Hands. Tiny I know, Hands. I don't know what Teeny Hands I'm, is, but Tiny Hands. The first time I did it was two thousand. Six or maybe 2000. Actually, you know what? It was 2004, and I remember that because I almost did this thing for Comedy Central, where it was going to be like Comedy Central. We're our our our, for like premium blend or something like that. No, for like it was going to be these running just promos. That was their candidate for president. I love this. Like Dave Tiny Hands Johnson or whatever the name was. Yeah, and we were going to maybe do these things, and then they decided not to. But I had been doing it since 2004, maybe even before then, but that was probably the earliest It I had remember. to be around 2003, 2004, because <clears throat> I remember going to Riffy V. I just, I just remember seeing it mm-hmm. and just like loving it and thinking it was absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Well, the trajectory was doing it around there. 2006, I ended up making them, making these videos for Comedy Central, okay. which you can s- still find either somewhere on the internet or on yeah. iTunes. Um, but they were on Comedy Central's website for a while, and then that got because they had like some kind of thing like the mother load or whatever that thing was called. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. That went away, yeah. and it got bought out by someone else. And now I don't even know if you can find them online. I know. It's not so sad. That's like it's I've, super annoying. I've done all this work that like no, because I used to write articles and all these things, and like it's just gone. Like it's just gone. I have yeah. copies of them. It's I thought it thing. was shitty because I had a lot of you friends at the often. show at the time. Yeah. I don't know if anyone ever even said anything. Because no one wants to rock the boat over there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I said something. Oh, to, good. So to, who, did you, who did you say something to? I mean, I talked to one of my representatives and I just said, you know, just let them know that somebody 
And I, I mean, I had a couple guest writing stints there. It's, you know, I had That's worked... why I was confused is like you're on the same network a lot of the time. Like, you know, so it's, it's hard to know. I thought everything about it was shitty. Yeah. And even when it, be, even when it came to their attention, they kept like the thing that bothered me more. It's like, all right, maybe, maybe the, I don't think they stole it, mm-hmm. but I understand, you know, other, you know, ex- competing ideas happen all the time. Like someone comes up with the same thing. It happens all the time. Yeah. But I also felt like someone should have said something because we, every show I work at, it was, Hey, I've seen so-and-so do that. Does that feel like the same thing? And we'll talk about it. Sometimes someone will call the other person. Hey, we had this idea. Does that sound too close to yours? No, cool, thanks. I mean, or it does, we won't do it. And it still bugs me. Yeah. Quite honestly. And just because they kept doing it. Yeah. And if it was me, if I hear about, oh, someone, oh, I would never do it again. Right. And they kept doing it. And the story that I got about how they came up with it, I mean, listen, there's other details that I won't talk about because I don't think it's appropriate. But it was just, there's, other, there's too many things about it where I feel like, that's shitty and not cool, and, and supposedly whoever came up with it felt bad. But at the same time, great, don't do it again. And they kept doing it, which I think is the worst part. Like once you know about it, why would you keep doing it? Yeah. And passing something off, I don't know, man. Anyway. And now Trump has stolen it from both <laughs> you and Chris and Wig. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll team up for the greater good. You and Trump. Me and Kristen Wiig. Yeah. We'll do Mr. and Mrs. Tiny Hands. Yeah. And punch him with anyway, his tiny yeah. hands. Um, so you've had two shows with Adult Swim. Like, how did you, how did they find you? They had a development guy at the time, Nick Weidenfeld, that was oh, just yeah. here and just trying to meet people and hear ideas. And I pitched it to him and he liked it. And I got to write a script. And this is for Delocated. For Delocated. Yes. Sorry. Um, and so that's really how that came up. And then the second one, I think, is so funny that you were on Fallon. Yeah. And that I think that's the first time I've heard of a show being pitched on air. Yeah, and it really was kind of, a, it was more of a joke. I wasn't really pitching it. I just thought it'd be funny to amuse myself. And even at the time, I thought, and I, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even a conscious, I'm going to make this joke and see if they go for it. It was just, eh, this is just funny to me. And I thought, I could see them thinking it's funny. Yeah. Because it sounded like a dumb show they would do. And then they... That's what happened. Yeah. They basically reached out and said, hey, what, what's that? That really what's dumb that show Neon Joe great. thing? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. It's pretty funny. Um, and then my last question is just like acting wise and acting in other people's work. You've been in Girls and um, I imagine that's a lot of fun to not have to be in charge of everything. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, no complaints, of course. Getting to do your yeah. own show is really the greatest and I'm really s- extremely... I was going to say super lucky, but that just sounds like, that sounds stupid. Oh, I'm super lucky, just the word super. But I am extremely lucky that I've gotten to make three shows. Yeah. Um, but it is really nice to also just get to go to work and act and do your job and go home and not have to worry about anything else. So. Do you still have to audition? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John Glazer. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Employee of the Month. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you do, please go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your episodes and uh, write a nice review. It means a great deal. I want to thank the Harnish Foundation and Brain Pickings again, Alex Siner as well, and all of you for listening. And here, here is to a better 2017. It can only get better. We've hit rock bottom. We've hit rock bottom, so we're going up. That's it. Have a good one.